Welcome to Downtime Goes Downhill, a podcast mini-series that's going to take you with us as we have a go at downhill racing at both a regional and national level. I'm your host, Chris Hall, and I'll be joined by my good friends, Jonathan Matthews and Ben Thompson, three different riders with different abilities, strengths, weaknesses, goals and fears. We'll share our preparation, training and setup. You'll hear all about our experiences at the races, good and bad. We'll also be bringing in some of the best in the world to help us improve throughout the year, so hopefully there'll be heaps to learn too. Downtime Goes Downhill wouldn't be happening without the support of some incredible brands. So a massive thanks to Canyon Bikes, Fox Suspension, Wahoo Fitness, Fox Clothing and Protection, Maxxis Tires, Megura Brakes and We Are One Composites Wheels. This is episode one where you'll meet the riders and find out a bit about who we are and where we're at with both our riding and our fitness. We'll talk about our preparation so far and chat a bit about the bikes and kit that we're going to be using, as well as talking about our personal goals for the project and some of our fears too. We really hope you enjoy coming on this ride with us. So without further ado, here's Downtime Goes Downhill, episode one. All right, welcome to something a little bit different. The first episode of what I think I'm going to call Downtime Goes Downhill. I'm kind of hoping that isn't the point at which the podcast actually does start going downhill. But given the guys I've got involved in it, anything could happen. So I'm here today with Jonathan Matthews and Ben Thompson, who you might remember from our episodes uh, where we did some canyon testing and some Santa Cruz testing. So they're podcast veterans now, eh, boys? Yeah, long-standing, suffering <laughs> yeah. friend. It's only taken us, yeah, 29 minutes to get everything set up and uh, get Ben to be able to hear us. So you've had to, it's going well so far. You've had to throw video into the mix as well now, so it just makes things even more complicated. I know, 2023, <laughs> mate, it's hard work. Um, before before we get into this, I, I was, guess we should kind of introduce how we know each other because we haven't done that before, I don't think. So, Johnny, we were at uni together and we're housemates. Yep. Ben, how do we know you? Uh, we had a mutual friend at university. Hello, Hendrix. And I spent a lot of time hanging out with him in Nottingham, where you were, and it just flourished from there, I suppose. And we're all still mates now, 20-whatever years later. So let's start with what is Downtime Goes Downhill. So the aim is to give everyone out there a bit of insight into what it's actually like to go and race downhill. We talk to all these pro athletes, um, we hear from them, but that's their job. They know exactly what they're doing, but there's plenty of us at a more amateur level uh, that race. And hopefully it's going to convince some of you that maybe have thought about downhill racing, maybe haven't quite made that leap to go and give it a go. Uh, if you do da- go downhill racing already, hopefully it's going to give you something to kind of listen to, a bit of insight into us. And we're also going to tr- try and provide a lot of insight and information to help you get better on the bike and how we go about getting better and getting into downhill racing will hopefully give you some kind of insight and some thoughts. And I guess it a little bit of it is to show that mid forties isn't too late <laughs> to have a go at downhill racing. Um, and the response uh, to my EWS efforts last year is kind of what was behind all of this, I suppose. Um, like I was kind of quiet about it for a while because I wasn't sure if I was going to be fit enough to do the EWS, but we got there in the end and um when I started talking about it, people reached out. So many of you wanted to know like how I was doing it, how it was, what it was like an exper- as an experience, how it went. Um, so I thought it'd be cool to do something like that, but on a bigger scale. And I thought it'd be cool to do it for downhill racing because it's a big focus of the podcast. It's something we talk about a lot, but it's something I haven't done really for a long time. Um, so yeah, the idea is we'll race the first round of the Pierce series here in the UK. Um, 
see how we get on. We'll spend the summer looking at how we can do better and learning from some experts in the field. And we'll create some episodes around that. And then we'll go again at the final round of the Pierce series in September and hopefully do a little bit better. Um, so, yeah, let's start finding out a bit more. There's another about race people. in there. Go on, There's then. another race in there. Well, yeah, we. OK, we did get a bit carried away, didn't we? Admittedly. <laughs> yeah, so we, are, we will be racing UK national champs <laughs> as well, which I still feel is a ridiculous idea and probably way out of our depth. But there you go. It will be fun. So you may see one of us with the GB sleeve, but probably not. Um <laughs> So yeah, let's let's find out a little bit more about the three of us, I guess. Um, Johnny, start with you. You've got a fair racing pedigree, right, from back in the day? Yeah, so I started racing probably, I think it was 94, which I guess is a, feels like a really long time ago now. Um, <laughs> I know. Um, <laughs> and, you know, the bug bit, I'd always been uh, on a bike to, to some level and then... You know, I think I've got an MBUK magazine and, you know, started leafing through that. And then there was racing, you know, racing in the back. And I always fancied a go. And the the first race I did was a a, a four-man dual dis- or quad descender at a place called Rivington Pike in the Pennines. And it was this brutal, rocky yeah, yeah. track. And I rocked up and, you know, there was Steve Pete was there. Will Longton was there. Um, all these big UK names and, uh, you know, I was completely out of my depth, but it was, it, you know, it was enough to, to want to do it more. And then from there, you know, p- kind of progressed through the junior ranks um, and uh, then into what was then senior and then managed to do well enough in senior to get promoted to elite and then spent um, a year and a bit in, in the elite category before deciding to move on to other things. So how, yeah, how was it getting support back then? Because the sport was like in that maybe slightly troubled period or heading into that troubled period. It was, it, it, there was, there was no, nowhere near the kind of the breadth of support. I think there is now, I think this, you know, uh, you know, for maybe the last 10 or so years, there's, you know, there's definitely a curve up in terms of what, you know, people can achieve as for a career, but the kind of the, the, the broader support for, um, people riding at a say elite level seems to be pretty good. Whereas back in my day, um, you know, I managed to get some support um, at the beginning of one year, but it all fell apart. And then I had to sort out my own kind of uh, deal, which uh, relied heavily on people within the industry to give me, you know, bikes at trade or bits at trade or, you know, various bits like that. Um, So I never really had any proper support um, other than, you know, my own savings and my, the generous um, support of my parents. So um, managed to get yeah. to a couple of World Cups, which was a, a eye-opening yeah. experience. Um, which ones did, did you do? I did uh, Sierra Nevada in Spain and Capron in Austria. And how was that as an experience? So you were a full privateer, right? Yeah, full right? privateer. Um, it was brilliant. You know, I, I, two years before that, I, in 96, I went to the European Championships in Bassano del Grappa in Italy and that was amazing like as a junior it was um you know it was this 
this like amazing race course that they cobbled together in this little town in Italy. And it was going through people's gardens and vineyards <laughs> and, you know, it was, and, nice. you know, and practice was all in together. So you could go up the hill and you'd be like, you know, in these flatbed trucks that were taking you up to the top of the hill. And we, um, we managed to, you know, you'd be in a track with like Jürgen Benicki or Tommy Misser or whoever. And you'd be like, oh, all right, I'm going to try and follow him down for as long as I can. And just like, just that experience was amazing. You know, it brought on my riding so much, just being able to see, oh, well, you know, oh, they go a lot faster. Can I go that fast? And um, yeah, it was. And then I, I hung around with the um, the Irish contingent a lot, which was Oh yes, yeah. so that's like Glenn O'Brien, O'Brien Richard yeah. McLean, Paul Gilson, and, um, John Lawler, yeah. and it was, yeah, it was fun. And the parties back then were, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, just just amazing. Because Dine Easy was the the sponsor, oh, and they their uh, operations were in Bassano de Grappa, as I remember it. So there was massive support for, with Philip Parakis running the show, and um, they had this big um, uh, truck. And they, they rolled out this awning and then these like local, like old ladies from the village rocked in and there were sewing machines and people would bring, <laughs> bring in their Dainese kit because everyone was wearing those full Dainese like bodysuits and they, you could bring it in and yeah. they'd sew up or make modifications or do, you know, anything you wanted, you know. So, Unreal. you know, this level of kind of, you know, oh, well, look at this amazing setup. Oh, what's inside? Sewing machines. It was it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That's wicked. What, why did you step away from it in the end? What led you to kind of quit, um, quit racing? I just felt I was chasing points. I was going all over the country. And in '98, I spent a lot of time during the summer chasing over the country. Um, you know, looking for you know like national ranking points because I didn't want to. You know, I was never like at the peak end, but I you know I wanted to kind of maintain that elite level status. And it was always a case of like the you know top seniors and juniors and a couple of masters would move up and then the bottom of elite would move down. So I wanted to maintain that. And I did, I think I was like, I don't know, 15th or 13th or something in the UK. And, it, you know, I'd spent the whole season doing that and then come around to 99, I was like, Oh, do I want to do another year of that? And I just wasn't enjoying it. And I've always been somebody that if I'm not enjoying something, I'll just cut it. And, I, you know, it doesn't, my who I am isn't dependent on racing or never was so I just stopped it is now well, <laughs> yeah <laughs> things I do for friends <laughs> good stuff Ben what about you give us a bit of background on your like prior downhill racing experience uh, well nothing as glamorous as Johnny I'm afraid um, but I probably started racing maybe similar sort of time early 90s as a youth junior doing the NEM series, uh, sorry, the NEMBA series and then the NAM series, so like nor Northern Area, North of England uh, series. And back in those days, there wasn't like downhill series. You'd go to a race weekend and you'd do, like you'd race cross country, there'd be a downhill and they'd probably throw in some trials as well if you were if you were lucky. So it was a bit more yeah. of an all-round all thing. Um, and so then moved on and then downhill series got established, like NEMBA would have a downhill day. Nams would have a downhill day. Uh, raced those. Did quite a few Meg Avalanches. Um, did a Welsh Dragon in Metabief at, at one point, I think. Um, nice. But then my downhill career kind of ended around the early 2000s, probably. And uh, 
uh, moved on to other stuff. Bikes always in my life, but racing definitely, uh, definitely yeah. stopped for a while. What kind of level did you get to, Ben? Like, where were your results? Back um, then? So senior, senior men, NAMS, probably. I never got on the podium in the NAMS. Top 10, probably. Top okay. 10 overall in the... Was that before mm, Expert was a category, right? Yeah. Well, maybe it would have been sport. Not sure. Like senior men, I think. So yeah. below. I think it would have been elite then senior. Yeah. Yeah, nice. And what was your last downhill bike? <laughs> <laughs> it was the uh, Kiwi Chromo 8, which was also known as the gate, the five bar gate, because <laughs> it was made of steel and uh, it weighed about 50 pounds. <laughs> Genuinely, no people would be like giving you a hand, putting it, on, putting it on an uplift truck and they'd be like, jeez, man, this bike's heavy. <laughs> but it was an absolute, it was an absolute destroyer. I, was, I looked it up actually after we'd been talking about it and uh, it was quite a slack, long slack bike. So um, it was a little okay. bit ahead of How its slack, time actually. Mm, well, I think maybe like 64, 65 head oh, angle. Right. Yeah, depending yeah, yeah. on what forks went in it. So yeah, it was... Really modern. Ahead of its time for nice. like that, that period, yeah. 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 What about you, Johnny? Was it ATX one your last downhill bike? I've got two, two, two actually. Um, after after. Oh yeah, you've got that yeah, orange. So my, my my last race bike, I guess, would be would be was the giant ATX one, and then you know I kind of quit cold turkey for probably eighteen months or so, and then you know got got another bike again, and you know, and then I think it was early two thousands. Um, actually, I nearly got an intense. So I'd organized to buy Glyn O'Brien's old bike and, um, or frame. And I went across to Ireland, which I kind of did to see some friends and have a, have a bit of a party, bought it, but it was around when foot and mouth was hit, it was kicking off. And I decided, you know, there wasn't much point. Um, so. Cause you couldn't ride, couldn't anywhere, ride anywhere. Right? But then a friend of ours was interested yeah. in buying it. So I sold it to him. Um, so I nearly had one. And then later, yeah, I think it was maybe 2001, 2002, I bought a, um, yeah, Orange 222. Have you ever raced no, the Orange? No, 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 I never raced it. Just because, no. you know, back, back then, the, you know, there weren't Enduro bikes. It was either cross-country or downhill. And we mm-hmm. all generally rode downhill. So we'd go somewhere and we'd push up and ride down, be it like Ambergate or Scousers or wherever it was. So you needed a kind of a downhill bike in, or you did it on a hardtail or something. So that's what you had that's what yeah. you had back then fair yeah my uh so my downhill racing is uh less prestigious than both of you i think um i think the highlight is the the cheddar mps in 1998 <laughs> on a kona hardtail where i came 188th and there were not many more riders than that um and the sad thing is i looked up how many were in senior men in the same category at riola this weekend there was 18 in senior 18. men Oh. Yeah. Oh, man. Unless I misread the results, there was 18, and I was in a field of 188 plus oh, in 1998. So that was, that was a big race then. at Cheddar, wasn't it? It was like a bit of a, it was a, bit yeah. of a party there. Yeah. yeah, it was always a good get-together, that one. And then, yeah, so that was on a hardtail. And then, latterly, I got um, an Orange Patriot, which is one of the early ones, actually. So it was still the five-inch one because I couldn't afford a disc brake on the back. Oh, no, what was it? You couldn't have, yeah, that was it. If you had the six-inch version, you had to have a disc brake. Otherwise, because a V-brake would hit the frame <laughs> at full compression, and I couldn't afford a disc brake. So I had, uh, I had that, and um, 
first time I took it to the Alps was on like single crown forks duties, I think. And eventually I got some second hand boxes for it. So it was sort of five inch rear end boxer fork on the front, bit of a mashup kind of thing. But that, yeah, that was my uni rig, I guess, that got me through those downhill days at Scousers and all those kind of places. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's fair to say we ride at three different levels, I suppose. Johnny at, at the higher end, like well, you got that elite well, background. We went ben, through some old ben. results and it turns out that Ben and I okay. were at the same races for a good stretch of time yeah. and we didn't know each other. And he okay. beat me, I beat him, he beat me. So ah, interesting. I was gonna say it's pretty yeah. close between you two, like when we ride. Mm, mm. Interesting. So how come Ben never made it? <laughs> lack of, lack of visualization. Wow, hey, you know, <laughs> <laughs> visualization. You know, maybe we could touch on Johnny Johnny's approach to a challenge at some point. Well, yeah, we'll t- I think we'll talk about that when we get to training because he definitely knows how to take on a challenge. That is for sure. So yeah, I think th- three slightly different levels. You boys definitely at the front, me holding up the rear. So hopefully, there's like a rider that you can kind of look at within this group that kind of is somewhere towards your ability and there's a good variety between us i think um so johnny you were the first person i approached about this project when i started thinking like i was i was impressed by the reaction to the ews project and was like ah kind of cool for dano and i was like johnny hasn't got a lot on likes riding bikes he's pretty quick might get some results out of him feel like he needs something to do um what what were your thoughts when i came to you with the idea uh, i thought you'd just come to me because of my prestigious podcasting background <laughs> no 100 <laughs> not um yeah i was i was quite keen i think it was um we'd um when was it that you broached it was it like august september last year uh, before that, it was like before World Champ, so it'd probably have been June or something. Okay. It's pretty early. Okay, so yeah, I was keen. Like, you know, if you know, over the years we've we've done the odd race here and there, whether it's been Boltby Bash or um, another kind of enduro type race, or I think I did Steel City. Now, that was last Dino race, and I was like, yeah, you know, I, more than anything, I was really excited at the prospect of if we could get hold of modern day downhill bikes because you know we're all we kind of all avidly follow the world cup and you know what these guys can do with these bikes and they look so good and so fast and our current enduro bikes are far more capable than our old downhill bikes it's like wow how how good are they kind of thing so i was yeah always keen always up for a challenge it kind of you know up for you know a good project to get my teeth into get some fitness back yeah, for sure. And you, you touched on Seal City there. We should mention that you did show up and win at your like only downhill race in the last 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing else to say. Did did Steve Pete remember who you were? I don't think so. It was, uh, you know, we, um, <laughs> we crossed paths quite a bit back in the day, but, you know, he's had quite an illustrious career and met thousands of people. So there's no reason he'd really remember me. Yeah. I, I remember doing track walk with you at that Cheddar MPS in 98. I think we I, we were walking up and Steve was walking down or vice versa. And we walked past Pete and I was like, oh, there's Steve Pete. And he was like, hello, Johnny. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> you know Steve Pete? It's like the coolest thing ever. But 
now he hasn't got a clue. Yeah. Right, he probably so. remember my dad more because um, <laughs> I think at the those European yeah. Championships, um, my dad got hold of the the Irish um, car pass. So he ended up uh-huh. ferrying people up and down, uh, being the Irish driver, and he just basically put the bikes <laughs> yeah. on the back of the car that we'd hired, and um, you know take like two or three people. So you know at the end of the day we're like, oh, have you had a busy day? And he's like, yeah, I was, yeah, I met Steve P and Rob Warner and Will Longdon. <laughs> <laughs> awesome! That sounds like you're done. I like it. What about you, Ben? What was your thoughts when I uh, approached you and asked if you fancied this little project? Yeah, uh, I can't even remember when it was either. So long ago now. Been through, been, it's been through so much between then and now. <laughs> We've, yeah, it's been a lot you of getting to this point. Um, yeah, I mean, I was, I was, I was dead keen. Um, like, get some, get hands on a modern downhill bike because it's been a while since the gate. Um, <clears throat> see what they're like. Um, also. We are like we we race all of us in our group of friends. We'll do a couple, one or two enduro races a year in the last few years, and um and when when that entry goes in, I always think right, I'm going to prepare, I'm going to do some training, you know, I'm going to get fit and ready, and life gets in the way, and you just turn up at the start line and you hope that your bike's going to make it to the end and that everything will be okay. So this was a bit of an opportunity to think right, if I really put some effort in and. Um, you know, try and get in shape, prepare, have the right kit, etc. It'd be really interesting to see what I can achieve in the optimum conditions, basically. So, yeah, yeah. we'll talk about how close to optimum <laughs> conditions we are in a bit. But, um, yeah, so I, I I had this idea and I was like, oh, I don't know, I'm not sure if this will fly, but like I'm going to give it a try. So I put together a bit of a like a pitch deck, um, thinking it was maybe going to be a bit of a hard sell to brands. Like it's been a it's a tough time, definitely, um, and it's hard hard for brands to like decide where to spend their marketing dollars. But I took, I took that to world champs in Leger and I was blown away by the response. Like pretty much everyone I talked to straight away was like, that sounds awesome. We're in, which is great, right? It shows that brands want to get behind this project and support us shining a bit of a light on downhill racing, which is awesome. Like, I think everyone wants downhill to be healthy and to grow and for people to go downhill racing. So that's cool. And as a result, We've got a pretty mind-blowing uh, team lineup of product. Um, it's leaving us with very few excuses, which is the biggest problem. Um, but let's let's talk about some of the people that are helping us out. I want to start off with one of the sponsors that's maybe a little bit different, and that's Wahoo. Um, they're really actually very into supporting the gravity side of things, which is pretty cool, being a fitness brand. I see what you're doing there, Ben, showing your element rival watch um so yeah they've helped us out in a, in a big way actually we've got their kicker smart trainers and set up at home uh we've got the element bike computers and the element rival watches and we've got logins to like the wahoo system kind of online training platform um, we've also got a bit of support alongside that from ben plenger at the strength factory too so in theory we should be pretty fit. Let's find out how that's going. Um, Johnny, you're no stranger to training, although you might have been a stranger to it for the last few years. Um, how have you been getting on? Because you you definitely know how to get yourself both in and out of shape pretty well. Yes, would be that you, you've hit it on the nail on the head. I am very good at getting out of shape. Um, and, <laughs> you know, it was, I think it was like March-ish last year, uh, you know, been away with the family skiing and it was the first time I'd been skiing. I was like, that's a bit harder work than normal. And then you tapped me up to do this Canyon bike testing. And I'd said 
admit it. I was like, look, oh, Chris, I'm not in good shape. And you're like, oh, well, you know, beggars can't be choosers. Um, can I, you know, you've got a month. And I was like, okay. So, you know, I put a bit of effort in and, um, and then, you know, it, I felt the difference. And then, you know, over the summer, I kind of got into doing something more regularly because I, you know, organized to go away with our, some of our wider group of friends to Chamonix. And, you know, and it, it was, it, I'd done enough to make a difference, but I was like, you know what? I, I would like to kind of get my teeth into something. And I always do better when I've got something to focus on. And then you'd broach this, like this project and then, you know, come, I think it was November, this box shows up with, um, with, um, <laughs> the, the, you know, the Wahoo, um, kicker, the ticker, the, the bike computer, the watch. And I was like, Oh, bloody hell. You know, I'm not sure how much, <laughs> you know, how keen I am on this. Um, yeah, because I think it's fair to say none of us have been massive like indoor trainers in the past. No, right? We've not spent hours on turbos. And no, that kind of and stuff. I, you know, back in back in the day, I had a turbo trainer and had a road bike, and you know, at uni, um, training for you know, I was um, at uni when when I was racing, and you know, I got some help from an uncle who worked down at Loughborough, and he set up a um, a. Uh, like a, he, I went down for VO2 max heart rate test, did a um, um, various other things. He put a, a training plan together for me. And then on the side of it, you know, during the winter, I'd go out with the, the road cycling group and they'd have these triathlon guys that would rock up and tear our legs off. So I think coming into that 98 <laughs> season, I was, I was pretty fit because I'd done all this stuff and, the, you know, I'd been in the gym doing weights, which I'd not done before and all this type of stuff. So, you know, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't new to this type of stuff. And then, you know, over the years I've dabbled and gone down rabbit holes and um, played around with a lot of different types of training. So when you broached this, I was like, yeah, I'll be up for this. But then it, it, it the, the kicker sat in its box for quite a period of time and, you know, come Christmas, <laughs> I was like, well, I'm not going to start now. It's Christmas. And then cut. I know I was mm -hmm. worried because I saw you at the Santa Cruz test, which was like mid-December. Yeah. Maybe it's pretty cold just before Christmas. And I was like, oh man, Johnny's still fat. I was like, I thought he was going to throw himself into this. I thought I was going to get like committed, fast, fit Johnny. And I, I want some results out of this boy. And then that's uh, a bit harsh. Yeah. Well, maybe Slight, slightly carrying punchy. some weight. Festively <laughs> yeah, plump, as, you know? Yeah. Festively plump. There we go. But yeah, and then literally come 1st of January, it seemed like something changed and like you just well, switched on and got yeah, into I'd it. Yeah, I started. So I was like, you know, I'm going to ease into this. I don't, you know, and I was like, I wanted to kind of like plan and program it myself. And then I think it was Ben said, oh yeah, I've done the 4DP test, which is this built-in Wahoo fitness test, which takes about an hour. And, it, you know, he's like, oh, it was awful. And then like about a week <laughs> later, you do it, Chris Hall. And you're like, oh, yeah, I was nearly sick. And then I was like, oh, bugger, I'm going to have to do it now. It, it is brutal. And yeah. so I did it and it was hell. And I was like, oh, man, I am really unfit. And my numbers were the worst of the three of us. I was like, yeah, definitely. Def yeah, yeah. It's quite an interesting test, it though. Is. It, like, characterizes you as a type of rider. You get those four different metrics with, like, FTP, max aerobic power, and a couple of yeah. other, like your sprint Neuromuscular kind of ability, sprint like and, max power. Uh, That's aerobic it, yeah. uh, 
capacity or anaerobic capacity. anaerobic th- threshold, I think. Um, anyway, so something like that. Four yeah. numbers, and it um, it gives you it gives you a lot of the science behind it. It's not just like do this; it will make you faster. It's like this is why you're doing this, and then once you get that test done, you can go into it, and it will create a different a, a training plan based on the type of riding you do. Uh, do you want to improve your general fitness or your uh, or one of the categories in the in the test? And I, you know, created some plans. I was like, oh my god, that looks horrendous. Delete. Create another. <laughs> no, horrendous. Anyway, I, I dug in, and I was like, I, you know, I don't want to focus on any one specific thing. I just want to get fitter generally. Um, I'd been doing a lot of my mm-hmm. own research and I wanted to make sure I got lots of kind of like steady state stuff because there's other kind of like longevity benefits and, you know, somebody like the zone yeah, two kind in of my work, 40s, yeah. I wanted to, to definitely tick that box and um, uh, work on making it a habit of, say, my weekly activities as opposed to something I'm just going to be doing for downhill. So I did that and I you can add in a, a focus which is... Um, mountain biking enduro which was the closest thing to downhill so as a skew towards yeah. that as opposed to um say like road riding or time trialing or these other things so i set that up i put the, the volume to its minimum um and that's still a lot which so it's about that's volume as in hours, hours right yeah a minimum and then yeah, on yeah. top of that i do my own kind of like um you know strength training and uh, functional strength training and uh, actual mountain biking and, and various things like that. So, I've, and I've, I've I've kind of stuck yeah. to it pretty pretty much. It's um, been um, you have fair play yeah, definitely you, every day in the group. You make us feel bad by sending us pictures of your yeah, workout. I do it to routine. make you feel bad and for accountability for me. So it's a win win. <laughs> it's working, mate. <laughs> how, how are you feeling? Because you, you like I rode with you briefly the other week, and you looked a lot stronger on the bike. Good. Yeah, good. I just, you know, I think it gets to that point as well where I, um, I was um, one of the things now with being older, as opposed to when I came, you know, we last kind of did this, is that I, I know myself better, so I know what works and what doesn't mm-hmm. work, and I know for me it's not about like how hard I go; it's about doing something con- continuously, like. Uh, every day so be it like lifting something riding the bike going for a walk just kind of like um greasing that groove of fitness so it has it's made a difference and feeling feeling good so long may it continue yeah and you you retested fairly recently didn't you or for um ftp yeah max aerobic and you were up like 40 watts on both yeah it was good good. it was definitely yeah, yeah but i was coming in from a very low point so there was a lot of room for improvement, you know, let's put that out there. It's like, wow, your numbers have gone up so much. Yeah, well, you know, couch to semi-reasonable fitness is always going to be a step up. Fair. Well, you will find out soon, right? Because I'm pretty sure you've got another 4DP test. Yeah, in your I just noticed on Monday. So vomit festing coming. <laughs> It is a horrible way to spend an it hour. Is. It's useful, but it's it's it a painful is. test. And the half though. one, the the half f- uh, half, half Monty, Monty, it's just a ramp test with yeah. a, and then a like a five minute sprint at the end to like to check what they've figured out from the ramp test. And in in comparison, that is a walk in the park. Yeah, it's a lot easier. So, yeah, 
it's not a five minute sprint. It's a 20 minute constrained heart yeah. rate piece at the end, but it's super easy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'll say like my, yeah, the, so to kind of sum up what I think, I am very impressed with the Wahoo. And I'm not saying this because they've given it to us. Okay. Because the the level of granularity with which you can do things or which they get you to do is is fantastic and they um you couldn't mm -hmm. I, you could never replicate it on an old-fashioned turbo trainer where you had to wind up the resistance or change the gears um it would be impossible and then on top of that the the software that they provide gives you a lot of the science and the background um so yeah. which appeals to me as the kind of geeky nerdy person who's quite into some aspects yeah. of fitness it, it you know it really kind of tick tick those boxes and you know i've managed to get my wife on it a couple of times she's quite into it don't tell wahoo she signs nice. in under my account <laughs> <laughs> it's good it's good yeah i've been impressed with it i like the um the amount of variety that you get in all the workouts is really good because there's so much different stuff in their catalog there um, and the, uh, some of them are really good at like adding in other stuff that sort of keeps your mind active as yeah. well. Like there's prompts coming up. I did one that had some like mental training built into it. And that was really interesting. Like I wasn't super, I was like, oh, whatever mental training, blah, but it was the routine, the routine I was doing that day. And it was, it was really good. So yeah, there's some, some good stuff in there for sure. And like you say, it's super customizable to what you want to achieve based around, I guess, the science of the test and stuff like it definitely is better when you've done the, the test, which is painful, but so is all physical testing, yeah. I guess. Um, all right, Ben, what about you? I think it's fair to say without being too nasty that you're more of a stranger to like training in inverted commas. You're a just ride bikes kind of guy and probably, well, a hundred percent, definitely the fittest of all three of us as a result of it coming into this. Um, yeah, so I'll, I will ride two, three times a week, like mountain bike off-road two, three times a week. Um, and yeah, definitely came in with a decent base, I think, uh, com compared to you guys. Um, You've been consistent, I think, just over a period of many years, right? Yeah, yeah. So since since I moved to Sheffield about seven, probably seven years ago, uh, that, that's been my sort of level of... Uh, like the hours I'll do each week, something along something along those lines thereabouts. So yeah, that doesn't really go anywhere when you when you have a break or anything either. So it sticks sticks with you that <clears throat> that base. Um, so yeah, I've I've never really trained. I've dabbled with the an odd bit of uh, body weight programs before, but it never okay. never stuck because body weight go for a ride. I always choose <laughs> the ride basically. Um, had a had like a fluid trainer set up in the garage oh, yeah. um that's been there for for years and we'll hop on that occasionally if it's if i'm desperate for if i was desperate for a ride and it was pouring with rain or something like that i would go on that for half an hour and my wife uh -huh. would use that too um so the, so the kicker is like <laughs> just you know so many <laughs> levels above i think one of the big the big things for me and it and this isn't i guess isn't unique to wahoo but it's like training to power rather than i've only mm. ever had heart rate monitor before and yeah. there's loads of lag in that you know you can't do a, like five second effort or and, and measure that against anything you've got to just use your sort of yeah. perceived perceived effort um so having the power power readings to train against is amazing um it's 
like like Johnny's been saying, you can. I haven't dabbled with it in the depths that he that he has. Um, and my approach is a little bit different. I, I've sort of my weaknesses are, uh, I think, are sprint power. You know, I can grind away all day because that's what I do through the week. But my sprint power is not great, so I want to work on that. So the new, so I've kind of picked out the neuromuscular um, mm. uh, exercises that Wahoo's suggested. I've got a similar setup to Johnny, but I just pick and choose those that focus on okay. that. Whether I, mean, I think these programs are kind of designed as a whole, so whether that approach is going to be super effective, I don't know. Yeah, good question. Um, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, we need an expert to answer that probably. Um, and I'm a puny ten and a half stone weakling as well. I definitely <laughs> feel like I could go faster if I could just hold on a bit better. So uh, uh-huh. my other focus is like the the strength, uh, strength, strength and conditioning on the whole. Yeah. So using okay. uh, Ben's strength factory pro uh, strength factory coach program that he set us up with okay which one are you on are you on the over 40s mtb no i'm on well i'm attempting the dh one but as you know it's kind of faltered uh faltered a little bit recently because i've been ill and out of the game for about a month basically yes it's been frustrating yeah what's what's been up with you so it started with a cold and then a throat infection then a sinus infection i'm not feeling not feeling like I could function, but just whenever I tried to do anything, I was exhausted. Uh, so I've just finished my antibiotic course of antibiotics today. So hopefully, yes, yes come on back at it. And I went get on the get on the <clears> probiotics. <throat> and I went to the gym yesterday for the first time in a fortnight, probably. Well, so. this was a bit of a revelation in that <laughs> you're not you're not normally a gym goer, right? And I've seen at least two photos from the gym in the last three months from you. What's going I know, on? I never thought I'd be saying that in public as well <laughs> um uh, i mean it start. so we set up with this program from ben and the first week the first month so there's like a foundation program um that you go through before you move on to the dh stuff and the first month i could do at home with the kit that i had at home but after that it just uh-huh. it wasn't feasible and i was a bit what ha- what have you got at home ben i have interest um, we've got some kettlebells dumbbells um a suspension trainer like okay, a step you got a bit and of a stuff. Setup. Not much though. Yeah. No, and we quickly got to like the limit of the weights that we have. Nothing heavy, it's, basically. Yeah. It's yeah. all the wife's. It's all Claire's, okay. not mine. Fair <laughs> enough. Who big shout out just completed um, the Manchester Marathon in sub four hours. Yeah, very proud of it. Quite Incredible an achievement. Yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah, I reached the limit of that and it was sort of uh, right. Uh, and I was, you know, I was doing it at home and it was, I was like, oh, it's okay when you do it at home because you'd have to go trek out to the gym and stuff and you can fit it in here and there. And I bit the bullet and joined the gym and it's, it's way better doing it at the gym because you, you set aside that time, you go off, it's a bit of time to yourself as well, which is always great. And you focused on it when you're doing it. There's no one like coming yeah. in and saying, oh, can you just do this? Can you just do that? There's no like rushing so you can like get the kids sorted out for bed and stuff like that. Um, so I'm looking forward to getting back into that and hopefully seeing some results from it. 
the early stages were yeah. good it was nice like you, i was like doing a session and going wow i didn't realize that i had muscles in that part of my body that are now a little bit sore um yeah and I, i'm excited to see where you go with that because like you say you've not done a huge amount of strength training in the past like you're at the bottom of that curve in the same way that johnny was at the bottom of the mm. sort of aerobic fitness curve maybe like it'd be interesting to see how far you can move like between now and the first race but also towards the end of the season mm. as well yeah it is exciting yeah 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 illness struck me as well i had uh four colds and the flu in march so lost pretty much the whole month i snuck in the odd day of training here and there between bits and pieces but I think one thing I've like something I did last year was like didn't wanna didn't wanna pause. I just because I was panicking about EWS. Like every time I got sick from anything, I tried to sort of as much as I could train through it. And I think that was the worst approach possible. Um so actually like even though I didn't train all of last month really, I haven't lost anything. Like I'm was straight back to like deadlift personal best this week. Like feel good like as soon as that fog lifted of all the colds and all the crap like i feel like i'm where i left off so i guess that's been a good lesson to like not panic mm. about it and just let the body need like take the rest that it needs and let the body recover so yeah i'm finally feeling back on it but i've said that before and then i've got a cold like the next day so <laughs> fingers very much crossed yeah. that we can keep this one going because i feel like i'm rapidly running out of time for the first race um Let's talk about bikes. We've got this far. We haven't really talked about the bikes. Um, I've chatted to quite a few people who spend a lot of time trackside at World Cups and know what they're on about. And um, a, a large proportion of them have said the Canyon Sender is the best of the bunch, in their opinion. And we've got them, which is pretty awesome. Not only have we got the senders, um, but the build kit is pretty insane too. And we got a host of products that took up plenty of podium spaces over the years and have even taken some world championships. So we've got suspension from Fox. We've got tires from Maxxis. We've got Magura brakes. On top of that, when we are one launched their new convergence wheels, um, I was super keen to get those for us as well. So they've delivered some very special wheels for us too. Um, we can't say a huge amount about the bikes at this point in time. We've not, uh, we've not spent loads of time on them because it's taken a while to get everything here in the uk and get the bikes built up um but yeah ben first impressions of the of the sender with all that kit on it well let's it, uh, hang on let's wind back a bit you boys came here uh to my house to pick up the bikes and the kit and we went and did a like a pre-season photo shoot for all the images for this project um to kind of kick it off and it was a bit like uh it's a bit like christmas for you two eh <laughs> yeah, we sort of uh, arrived at your house at pretty late on one it's like half yeah, 10 course, on that, like, yeah. like a monday night or something and um we'd sort of both driven for about three or four hours <laughs> we were knackered we kind of turned up and they, your garage door was open with these three these three uh pristine downhill bikes kind of lined up um we had a bit of a gander at those and then we were invited indoors to our uh, rooms for the evening where waiting for us in our room were well, there was one humongous box that I think I probably could have got in and uh, posted myself <laughs> home in, and uh, which was just which was full of fox fox kit basically, um, and you know 
I don't know about you, Johnny, but I have achieved a life goal of having a race jersey with my with my name on the back, 100%. which is something I've never done before. Yeah. So, uh, did you never have your name when you no, kept Johnny back no, in the day? No, no, no. My son is very jealous of me. <laughs> <laughs> he can have it after the season's done, yeah. right? Yeah. Happy days. And uh, yeah, well, first impression of riding the bike then, Ben, because we we obviously uh, got a little bit of time on them at the the photo shoot. First time on a modern downhill bike. Yeah. How was that? Um, I think it, and I'm sure Johnny would agree that it enticed us to overreach slightly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was that comment re- referred to the comment of, I, I would do that feature if I had a downhill bike. Yeah. And that excuse no longer flies. Right? But we didn't need an excuse either. You know, it was like an open invitation. <laughs> we were, um, were kind of like pushing up to the top from where the uplift had dropped us at uh, Kersus where uh, we're very kindly welcome for the day. Anna, yeah, shout out to Matt yeah. Simmons for letting us use the bike park. Awesome spot as well, some quality um, trails there. And um, there's a kind of like a, a, a road crossing jump step down thing and Johnny and I both had a look at that and, and we were like, whoa, I mean, that looks, looks far, but I'll be fine on these bikes. <laughs> Off to the top we went and we both... <laughs> Cased it, cased it like there was no tomorrow. Oh my goodness! Yeah, we left various, so you, various bits of our bikes, yeah. <laughs> bodies on there. Say, so you managed to bend the uh, bash guard, yeah. and Johnny managed to pretty much not, well, nearly bend himself, but uh, smash the saddle all the way forward on the rails somehow. Even though it's done up tight, I've never mm. seen anyone do that, Johnny. Uh, abs are steel now from all the training. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one but yeah it was a fun first day on the bikes eh? it was yeah 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 it was a it was a it was a lot of fun i think we were we were like oh can we just get these photos out of the way so that we can <laughs> we can ride a bit more <laughs> yeah pretty special bits of kit mm. it's kind of ruined other bikes for me like they're so good and we always said like oh you know these modern enduro bikes are so good it's like having a downhill bike but you can pedal it but we're basing this on downhill bikes that we might have ridden like 15 plus years ago. Mm. And we've forgotten how good downhill bikes have got, I think. Like that was the first thing that caught me. Like the, the capability they have to go ludicrously fast over the roughest stuff and just deal with it is pretty mind-blowing. I think they've become even more of a specialised tool in a way. Like if you... Like back in the day, we used to hack our downhill bikes down like proper um, slow, techy, tricky stuff as well. And these bikes will get through that fine. But I think it feels like at this point anyway, to get the most out of it, you need to, you want to be, or, you, or it's a bike that just wants to go like Mach 10, basically. Yeah, everywhere. Want to go fast, it wants to go fast. Yeah. 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 yeah there's, not, there's not much that you need to, it feels you need to slow down for, which is kind of intimidating. What, how did you find it, Johnny? You're, you obviously like a bit of speed, but how did you find the sender when you got on it? Yeah, amazing. So we managed to sneak in a day at Antistiniog, um just before Easter. So I was up visiting. Riding with the ride, kids. Riding with the kids who, are, who ride a lot faster than they used to, so we can actually take them to bike parks. <laughs> yeah. And um, it was it was a you know super chill day. You know, we just playing around on the bikes and it was it was quite obvious that i had to change how i rode because you know you you know you, i think even given how capable our bikes are these days you'd always be looking for the smoother line or to go here or you know 
you know, what would smooth the trail out. Whereas towards the end of the day, I was like, I just want the fastest line. Like, I don't really care what's in the way. I'm, you know, and it, it was, there was, you know, we found this, you know, bit at the end and it was down this steep chute and, you know, on a enduro bike, I'd have kind of like nimbled my way down this. And I, I was just like, I don't care. This is the quickest line around the corner. So that's the way I'm going to go. Oh, there's a big old drop in there. Ah, don't care. Don't really care. And, you know, all, at the top, we were jumping yeah. into braking bumps just to see what the bike would do. <laughs> so it was, <laughs> it was, a it, lot was of fun. it was, you know, eye opening. So I'm, I'm looking forward to spending more time um, on the bike. And just see, and I think to be honest, the first race we do will probably be the most time we spend on the bike, given that we'll get a full day of practice. Yeah, true. And then practice, and then a two race runs. So, I think that weekend will probably be um, amazingly fun. Like going fast, riding with you two. It's kind of why I signed up for this. So, pretty excited. <laughs> it should. It should be good, man. It should be good. There's um, a couple of other brands we should mention who've stepped in with some products um, for the bikes as well. Crank Brothers have helped us out with pedals. So we've got the Stamp 7 in both the large and the small, as well as the Mallet DH clip options for us all to try before the racing kicks off. Pick our favourites. So we talk more about that in uh, future episodes. And then ODI have hooked us up um, with number boards. That was my personal choice. I think they're the best ones out there. I think they look super slick on the bikes and going to make our bikes look even more pro for the racing um they've also helped out with grips um i've been trying the elite family of grips um the elite pro elite flow and elite motion i think the core in them is the same which is kind of offset as well so you get more rubber under the palm which is pretty smart makes a lot of sense um and then you the as you work up from motion flow pro you get more like padding and more thickness to the grip i guess um, and I'm loving the Pro at the moment. I rode it on um, Nico's bike uh, when I was out in the US last year, and I was like, oh, I quite like this. It's thicker than the grip I'd normally use. Um, I think that's where I'm going to end up, but I'm gonna still going to do a bit more testing on those. Ben, you chose the AG1, like the Aaron Gwynn custom grip from them. Was What was the thinking behind that? Because it's super thin, right? Yeah, I've got um, my like thin grips. My go-to would be a thin death grip. So this was yeah. like pretty close to that. Um, not had much chance to use it yet, but all good so far. And if it works for works for Gwyn, might work for me. <laughs> yeah, but he's he's made an AG2. Oh, so what? what does that tell you? <laughs> yeah, it'd be interesting. I've, I always, I would have been a thin grip guy up until now, but like something about the Elite Pro at that th- thickness with the more padding i feel like on the longer downhill runs i'm getting less beat up still to be proven i've got a bit back back to back to do but i think i'm getting less arm pump and less fatigue on the bigger grips um but we'll see johnny you've gone completely rogue on us here tell us about your random choices you had no interest in having uh some grips thrown no, out i i i can only apologize um i was um i quite <laughs> often keen to try something different and something new and i'd been following uh, mr aston one of your other guests and he'd harped on about yeah. um this company called sq lab and they do um bars with a um quite a, a significant sweep on them and these these grips which were you know not something i would normally buy which were um 
kind of like not like slightly uh, slightly ergonomic which you know <laughs> i was like you know what they, they look, look weird. weird i'll give them a go you know let's let's just yeah. see and I, I was keen on the bars because i've always struggled to find bars with enough sweep and they do bars at uh-huh. 12, 12 degree sweep as opposed to say um others which can be like four to six and i find that they're they're much better on the elbows so i got them for my mm-hmm. enduro bike which is a um a canyon special just put that shout that out there <laughs> um <laughs> After our canyon testing yeah, from a year or I so ago, you got carried away and got yourself one. I said was the best. Yeah, um, the the mullet. The mullet yeah. So I, I, you know, got the bars, got the got these grips, and they take a little bit to um, get them in the right position because because of the profile. I can only describe it. It's like holding on to a climbing grip. You know, it's like you you climbing climbing wall, and you come across that those those grips that and it's like oh my god thank god i've found this one as opposed to some like pinchy thing <laughs> and yeah and, and so yeah so i put them on the bike i was like yeah you know what? i kind of like them and then when i went out to the alps with our group of friends i had zero arm pump no issues the, you know normally by the end of a trip i start getting you know tight forearms i had nothing you know it it, it was so easy I, my thumbs were kind of like dangling and loose uh, and I was like, oh, you know, so I you harped on about them a lot and, you know, had the mickey taken out of me for wearing, you know, some old person scripts. But <laughs> so, yeah, I've stuck with those and I'm trying the downhill version of them at the moment. Um, so, yeah, you know, credit, credit to we Mr. Are old Aston. people now, so it's all right to have old people groups. Exactly. They're, you know, they're in my kind of category now, so... <laughs> good stuff we'll see how you get on on those in the season um yeah i wanted to talk about the kit it was a bit of a childhood dream to get fox racing on board as a clothing and protection sponsor and it was a super surreal experience i remember having uh, an email with the guy from fox who was apologizing for a delay in getting our kit printed because they were too busy doing the kit for all of the supercross riders which just seems ridiculous that the same people are putting our names on the jersey as doing all the top supercross riders um yeah, you guys were pretty un- pretty uh, pretty giddy unpacking those boxes. <laughs> there was a lot of trying on at like half eleven. It was like Christmas, you know. And there was just every time we went back to the box, there was just more. It was like I've got socks. <laughs> I've got socks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You were most excited about the socks, which seemed kind I didn't of. Expect, old. You know, I was like, yeah, you know, jersey with my okay. name on, whatever. I've got some merino socks. <laughs> Give me the socks. Yeah. The water, the waterproofs oh, were super. Uh, they're pretty nice. Yeah. Hey? They've we've been very lucky, and they've sent us like the top of the range ones. You boys, you were uh, you didn't want to get them dirty. You didn't want to ride in them when we went. To we the put them on, and then we took them off again. Yeah, <laughs> too nice. Even though it was raining. Yeah, I've been I've been impressed with the shoes. To be fair, which is it's new to the product range for Fox, um, but their flat pedal shoe is a really nice bit of kit i think mm. i've ridden quite a lot on the trail bike in them um and a little bit on the downhill bike i've been super impressed like uh, for me i've like i was using the crank brothers i really like the fact that i can move my feet a bit on the pedals i'm not locked in like on a 510 but the fox seems to take the grip up even further but you can still reposition like they've got more grip than the crank brothers i think so I'm impressed. I'm excited to ride those. Like when we rode at Stinyog the other day, I didn't have any point where I was going into a section with any thought about what my feet were going to do. And we were hitting some pretty rough stuff, I'd yeah. say, at fair yeah. pace. Getting carried away. Standard practice. So, 
we did get a bit carried away. Yeah. Oh, and they've sent us the new Gym West stuff, of which a few of us have got the tops on now. That's super nice. I don't know if you can get it in the UK yet, but it's oh, even better. It's nice. good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's talk a bit about the photo shoot. Ben, was that the first time you've done a photo shoot? Yeah. <laughs> how, how was your first photo shoot experience? I think you likened it to being on Jim will fix it which is maybe not yeah, the coolest thing yeah, these days after what not. came out afterwards but. yeah it was a bit like that um so yeah it's like dream day really here's a, here's a box of kit here's a new bike uh private bike park closed close for the day personal uplift thanks tim and um and a professional photographer taking photos of you and uh if only the weather had yeah behaved. yeah it could have been worse but it, yeah, we got lucky. It was, it was horrific when we got yeah. there. I thought we were in for a tough day, but we managed to get a few little breaks from the rain. Yeah. It was fun, though, eh? It was a lot of fun having, like, the product shots taken at the start and stuff. That was loads of fun. And then everyone goes, oh, it's a nightmare having your photo taken because it's constantly like, can you just ride around there once more? Can you just push back up once more? But um, uh, we were Sadie was easy on us, so um, it was still a lot of fun. And uh, we got a good few sessions down down. A number of the trails there which were amazing even in the yeah. even in the pouring rain yeah it's a cool spot eh? i've not i've never been before have either of you raced there back in no. the day at kersus no nah, no nah. ah, yeah. it's a good one eh? yeah i'm excited to see how that goes for matt because he's definitely doing some more uplift days and stuff there now so cool little spot yeah yeah so thanks to matt we chucked a little bit of money in his um fundraiser crowd crowdfunding to improve the trails and stuff there to say thank you so yeah appreciate that that was Pretty awesome. So yeah, we've got the first round uh, not that far away now as we sit and record this. A few weeks away. Um, it's at Rid of Felon. I don't know a huge amount about. I've seen little bits of it on videos and bits and pieces from the past. It's also the same venue as National Champ, so that's kind of nice. We get a bit of pre-practice, I guess, um, for that. Well, what do we do between now and then? Like maybe Johnny, we'll start with you. What are your What are your plans between now and the first race? Because it's definitely getting close. Peaking. Peaking. How are you going to peak? <laughs> um, uh, well, I was going to see what this four DP test does on Monday. But probably have a rest after that. But I, you actually going to do it? Yeah, going to do it. Good. Um, <laughs> it's in the It's in the calendar. You. You need a week off after it, I reckon. Does it give you time off in the like the calendar that it plans for you? Don't know, but I'm going mountain biking the next day, so. <laughs> what? <laughs> That'd be all right. Uh, be fine. Push it back a day yeah. or two, maybe. No, 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 no. Be all right. Um, so it's between now and then, um, so I'm just carrying on the same. I don't want to change too much, really. Um, I'm more interested to see uh, keep it steady away. Um, see how we go in the first race and then make a plan for what to do in July and then in September and make some progress from there because we've uh, you know I and we've not raced for ages so I'm sure there'll be some elements uh, that we kind of want to tackle and figure out the so for me it's about figuring out a process and um, getting uh, refining that process so at the moment it's just been about fitness and yeah, strength and you know that type of stuff, but um, just uh, just just a bit of that really. So maybe sort of the bike out a little bit. Fair play. 
what uh when you say process what sort of thing are you talking about like a race week process or um yeah i think there's many many kind of parts to a process you can you know there's the there's the longer term aspects in terms of training there's the you know how you prepare the bike and then there's you know, the riding that you do so between now and now i'm going to get out on the mountain bike more which i haven't been doing too much because it's been raining every single day um yes and i have been out but it's been wet every single time so to actually ride in the dry might be quite amusing um and and then you know for the the race itself it's just about you know uh, going to a downer race and you know oh you, you know you've got to sign on you've got to go for practice and how long do we get for practice and what's the uplift like and you know back in the day we were pushing up at downo races at the very beginning and then you know uplifts kind of came into it um but you know what does that look like and you know how does a race weekend go these days so uh, i'm just curious to find out how all that goes and then you know just for the coming races really Cool. Any plans for bike setup stuff? Will you have much time? Uh, I'm booked in with Mr. Simpson um, <laughs> next week. Ah, to, cool. RSR Bike yep. Works. Yep. Um, so I um, I contacted him because he, he was obviously on your podcast and he's uh, in the same kind of region as me down south. Um, so because yep. um, there's, there's there's so many things to adjust on this bike, it's it's a bit of a minefield. There's you know you've got the the four settings on the forks plus air pressure. The we've got coil shocks on the back with the four settings. Uh, the bike's got not that I'm going to touch them, but I can change like the reach or the wheel, uh, the uh, make it linear or, or more progressive. The shock with settings on the yep. bike and the wheelbase. It's a minefield. So you know, <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of lot of levers other to pull. Whacking right? it all into a computer and doing some sort of optimization, which is, is beyond me. Um, it's, yeah, it's far better for me to go and see Rich and get him get some sort of base setting, and then I can share the settings yeah. with you guys as well. And you can just subtract off the massive weight that I have and adjust accordingly. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're pretty close though now. I think, eh? Like you've lost a fair chunk of weight, and I put it on. I lost a bit, and then I've been keeping it steady because I don't want that much of an advantage over you guys. So I've been kind of like being, you know, quite heavy on the food, you know, to kind of keep that handicap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, you've yeah, been yeah, eating yeah. more crystal, actually, haven't you? That, that's probably why you've been feeling I better been more. Yeah, yeah. being ill. Yeah, potentially. Yeah. So I, um, so Jamie came on the podcast or this sort of time last year, coming into EWS um, uh, is a nutritionist. So yeah, I've just was guessing, I guess, at my nutrition and being like knowing enough to be dangerous and not knowing enough to actually work out the answers. So I spent a bit of money with Jamie before Christmas um, and he gave me a bit of advice. The main thing we've done is just increase protein intake, um, also in increase carb intake a bit, um, but a lot more protein. Um, and it's made a big difference actually. So I've put on weight, but in muscle mass um, because I just feel like I've got loads more energy. Like, in multiple ways like i feel better going into the gym i feel like i can train harder um and i feel like cognitively more awake as well i would say like i don't get so much like lulls like i used to get to like two o'clock in the afternoon and feel like i was falling asleep at my desk and uh, i don't i don't get that now so that's been good um 
yeah, and carrying a bit more weight and muscle is definitely a good thing. I think I think it's pretty healthy. So I'm uh, I'm happy with that. And then Ben, you uh, you've got a spring to change on your yeah. bike, right? Because you told me you weighed six kilos more than you actually do when I ordered the springs. I think I lost a bit of weight. Yeah. So um, uh, yeah, I hadn't, we hadn't really. Well, I hadn't had much chance to ride the bike anyway. Um, but it's definitely oversprung. So um, thanks, Paul. At, uh, Canyon who's helped helped us out um sorting out a, a new spring so looking forward to getting that on um in terms of the bike I'll just be trying to dial in the uh dial in the suspension start by getting the right amount of travel to start with and then move on yeah. from there um I'm dabbling with the idea and many of your listeners are probably call this treason or sacrilege or something i'm dabbling with the idea of putting a dropper and a big cassette on so that i can actually get out and use the bike yeah we did talk about this bit before the bikes arrived eh? because you've got warncliffe like relatively close but you'd be able to get a lot more done if you can actually pedal the bike i'm not not really that keen on pushing bikes up hills when you could potentially pedal these days so um I need to investigate. Is that. it doable? Can you fit it all on with the short? Will it not, work with the short cage mech? I don't know. No, you need, will, you'd have to. This you'd have to swap the mech and the shifter because it's only a seven-speed short. Yeah, it's a bit of a faff. You'd have to do it a few times through the season, so I'm not yes. sure. Will it? Will it happen? <laughs> I don't Maybe know. Not. It's a nice I idea. Might have a go. I might lash it up and see what it's like, and uh, take it from there. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just I just like to get a bit more comfortable with a bike and ride Fair. it ride it around a bit. And yeah, uh, yeah, not that I'm going to be taking it out from the house or anything, but just that being able to get up to the top of the hills or from the car park to the to the downhills would suit, suit things a bit better around my locality. Yeah, yeah. So you're based in Sheffield, Johnny. You're based in the southeast, and I guess that is a bit of a challenge, right? You're both of you are relative long distance from any like uplifts although bike park wells not too far for you johnny and ben you're not so far from the welsh stuff yeah still i think hamsterley is probably my nearest okay it's like like an hour and 40 or something yeah it's two hours ish yeah still a fair it's a big day out basically but yeah i'm a bit luckier in that respect i guess like north wales now i've got few uplift spots within an hour which is pretty good and i my bike arrived a little bit earlier than you guys so i did have a uh, one day at dovey uh in the in the drizzle before the photo shoot um to kind of get settled and in. And, uh, and as it happened and with a professional mechanic telling you what to do to your suspension well, yeah, I, was, <laughs> I was just gonna say it was quite convenient uh jake from mondraker was there or jake from sprung suspension he works for mondraker as a race engineer uh just happened to be riding with us um on his day off so i <laughs> pestered him with how my bike felt um and he was very kind and uh offered some advice so, yeah we did make a few little tweaks uh there i made a couple of additional tweaks to the fork i've gone a bit softer um uh, just to get a little bit more a full range of travel which we definitely found the bottom of at Stineog landing quite heavily in some braking bumps um and yeah just sped it up a little bit with the lower pressures in uh what else oh uh, i'm gonna i think i'm gonna try the longer rear end so the bikes came in so they have three positions for the reach and they came in the middle position 
and then two positions on rear end length and they came in the shorter position. I'm going to try the longer because on paper, I think it should be a more balanced feel like front to rear grip should be more balanced. That's going to mess with your head, Johnny, isn't oh, it? Keep me, um, up, keep me up at night. So I'm going to try that and see how I get on with it. But other, otherwise I just want to get it. Yeah. Like I've got pedals to decide on grips to decide on. Um, but otherwise just trying to keep it pretty simple before the first mm. race. Hey, I don't want to be, I don't want to be turning up on a bike that has been changed every time I've ridden it and gets changed every run throughout practice as well. So try and just get used to the thing, I think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Good. How are we feeling about going downhill racing then boys? Ben, start with <clears> you. I'm pretty scared of national champs. <laughs> uh, yeah, same. Uh, I'm looking forward to Pierce. I think Pierce will be, I've heard loads of good things about that series. Um, yeah. It sounds pretty low key. I think you get two runs as well. Is that right? Two race, two runs, race yeah. runs. I believe so. It has been up yeah. to now anyway. Yeah. So um, I think, I was having a chat with a, a riding mate the other day and I was talking about why I, why I like enduro. And one of the things I like about enduro is you've got like, if you mess up one run, well, uh, you know, you, there's time to make mistakes, but also you've got your, your other stages that you can still yeah. nail too. So the idea of two time runs is quite appealing. Um, yeah, looking forward to it. Why, why are you scared of nationals? What's different? Because it's the same venue, right? Well, the... <laughs> The fields, yeah. So it's other riders. <laughs> other riders, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Top. Well, uh, I mean, national champs isn't like national champs was back in the day. I guess it doesn't always get everyone there. I don't know how it fits in the uh, calendar. This like the the uh, World Cup calendar. Whether there's a well, nice. Will gear. Longdon is definitely signed up into our category, <laughs> and I, I think if Steve Pete races, he'll be in our category. So. <laughs> that's good i'm not so it's not so much those that we're racing against it's i guess it's being on track with like well not uh, like or being racing alongside the best in the sport you know like elite level elite level races yeah. that's quite intimidating uh, from my yeah, point of view i would <laughs> fully fully agree with that johnny how about you uh, i'm looking to leverage uh my friendship with you and rock up to these guys and be like, hi, I'm Johnny. You might recognize me from such podcasts as downtime goes downhill. Can I follow you down the track, please? <laughs> so you're just going to hop on the back, back tire of, of someone quick and go yeah, from there. Yeah. It's worked in the past. Do you reckon you could cling on to an elite level downhill no chance, these days? At least I can try for a couple of corners. <laughs> <laughs> we can make that happen for you, mate. I'll find someone for you to Brilliant. follow. Maybe good fun. All right. It will be good. Yeah. What What are your aims then, Johnny? Race one, what are your aims? You talked about getting a process kind of yeah. sorted, but have you got like high level goals or aims for this no, first one? No, no, And none of them actually. Um, I've got aims for the process because that's what's fun. Um, you know, we were talking, mm -hmm. you know, about uh, kind of why this project should be fun for, for you know, for each of us. And for me, um, you know, I like getting into the weeds of things and, you know where I am in my life now I like to go down rabbit holes and figure out the process and research something and then try and implement it so uh, that's 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 the fun aspect for me it's the you know and the the race is the 
like the measurement of what your process is like and it happens to be a fun weekend away racing and you get you know you get to go really really fast which i really like doing and um (laughs) you know the result come what may you know it's um i always think some you know when we go out riding sometimes you have the pace and other times the pace has you and if you have the pace then you get a good result but if the pace has you then you come where you come so and you can't really control that that's that's you know that's based on others but what can you control is what you do so I go have some fun try and ride as fast as i can come away from the weekend safe touch wood happy days good sounds like we have quite similar goals but i think you're better at um actually achieving <laughs> so i'm i'm like naturally scared to go racing i'm always scared and i've got better over the years of taking it like way more um way less seriously um but yeah my goals my goals for this is to come away healthy and have an awesome weekend on the bikes and and hopefully like meet some mm. other people like there's a scene around these races right that hopefully we're going to meet a load of other awesome people that like riding bikes fast downhill. So yeah. that's, that's never a bad day out, is it? So I'm, um, I'm super, yeah, I'm super excited for that. The challenge for me is maintaining that mindset and not getting into the, like worrying about who's behind me and whether I'm holding them up and like worrying about certain features on the track or whether I can hit certain things or, you know, to an extent, I guess how I'm perceived, like, oh, I'm not riding that feature like that that shouldn't matter. It shouldn't matter to me what other people think about that. But even at 44, I still sometimes get dragged into that one. Um, so yeah, for me, I think it's a mindset thing. Like I think I've got a lot of work to do and have been doing a lot of work on that, like side of things and just trying to keep it fun and keep it light. And I think, I think you boys will help or what you'll wind me up. <laughs> I'd like, yeah, definitely. I'd, I'd like to help as well because, um, you know, I think I've, I've, got some of those things quite quite well sorted so if i can pass on some tips or something then more you know want to help out as much as i can cool yeah maybe we should talk about that like mindset stuff at some point in a future episode worth saying actually if if there's certain aspects of the racing the process the setup the bikes that people want to hear about then like get in touch send us a message on instagram send me an email chris at downtimepodcast.com um we'll tackle whatever like if the stuff that people want to hear otherwise we'll just chat about whatever we feel like chatting about but um yeah if there's certain aspects of it you want to hear about let us know ben any any goals aims for you like how you feeling in that respect for the first race yeah, yeah. um just feel it out really a, a little bit like I, th- I guess what johnny said i haven't done a downhill race weekend for what for a while and i'd like to go and feel comfortable and not get stressed about where my f- 16th pair of fox gloves that i need to wear on this <laughs> on this run is located <laughs> just being you know being organized getting the, the like basics right you know when to eat having stuff to yeah. eat what to eat drinking etc um getting familiar with how the weekend works um and just having having fun really um like you say it'd be nice to go somewhere different and um meet uh meet some new people who are into what we're into um yeah 
uh, it hadn't really occurred to me till this point, but I guess we'll be walking around with our names on our backs, which will be a bit like, <laughs> and I quite like to be low key. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> so that might be a, that might be an interesting thing to deal with. Um, yeah, we'll definitely be quite visible. Hmm. But that's a good yeah. thing, right? Hopefully, people will Party be like on this and project. Party train, Yeah, 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 definitely. Race train. <laughs> well, Anna, I know it's not about the result, but there is a set of fox goggles on offer for the fastest out of the three of us after the weekend. So <laughs> we don't even know how fast to go. To be fair, though, as well, you know, we might rock up and everyone's just so so fast because they do this kind of like every weekend. So. Yeah, true. What we think is relatively quick might be a million yeah. miles away from where the yeah. racing's at these days. Yeah. Eh? yeah, very true. Like, it'd be really interesting to see. Certainly, as you know, both of you guys would have been at the, sh the you know the sharp end of it twenty odd years ago. Like, be interesting to see where where someone like Will Longdon has moved that needle to now. <laughs> Fair bit forwards, <laughs> but. The bikes are a big part of that, right? And we've got the bikes now, so... Um, yeah, we've got, we've got no that part excuses. Yeah. yeah. We have got no excuses. <laughs> Everything's pretty sweet. Yeah. Although I did build the bikes, so that is potentially one excuse. But they've I've not killed any right, so far. Yeah, same here. I know, it's because I cut the hose down and didn't re-bleed them, so you just do a quick little lever bleed, nice and easy. Can't get the staff. <laughs> awesome. Right, we should wrap up there. Um the next episode will be before the first race of the season. We'll talk a little bit about our like training preparation, bike setup, how we're feeling coming into that first race. Um, so yeah, that'll be out in a few weeks time, but hopefully people are stoked on the project. Hopefully people want to follow and see how we get on. Um, but yeah, thanks boys. I'm super excited to be doing this season with you and uh, looking forward to going racing in a few weeks time. Wicked. Cheers, Grace. Looking forward to it too. All right, that's it for the first episode of Downtime Goes Downhill. We really hope you enjoyed it and that you're looking forward to hearing more about our pre-season preparation in the next episode. A huge thank you to the brands who've helped us make this happen. That's Canyon Bikes, Fox Suspension, Wahoo Fitness, Fox Clothing and Protection, Maxxis Tires, Magura Brakes and We Are One Composites Wheels. To make sure you don't miss the next episode, give the podcast a follow by hitting that button in your podcast app now or by heading to downtimepodcast.com forward slash follow. Also, if you've got friends who you think would enjoy this mini series, then please spread the word and let them know. That's it for episode one, but we'll be back to talk pre-season preparation and pre-race nerves in episode two. So until then, get out and ride. Ride.